Welcome to Shore Street Presbyterian Church Podcasts. As we approach the Moore Conference, we seek more of God and a fresh move of His Spirit in Donegadee. Alvin considers the challenges faced when we move with God. So, uh, Friday starts uh, more for us. Uh, just amazing opportunity for us. You know, here's a couple of things I want to say to you. Just like for us, more is so much more than a conference that we're going to do this week. It's more than just uh, meetings, more meetings that we've done a hundred thousand times before in church. It's more is about a fashion. It's about a, a cry um, of our hearts and for this community of Donegadee and beyond. It's a cry to the Father to do more, to do more in us, to do more through us. So much more, Lord, than you have ever and done before. More is our cry for a fresh move of God in our generation. It's a cry welling up from our hearts to see God move in ways that no other previous generation in Donegadee has ever seen. God moving in us, through us, with us, into these streets, these homes, your schools, and the parks, just wherever people are. It's a cry for our risen, ruling, reigning Lord Jesus to pour out his precious Holy Spirit, just to pour out his Spirit powerfully on us and upon us from heaven, powerfully on us and powerfully upon us in Donegadee and from heaven, just like this mighty river. We have this picture of a mighty river from heaven flowing out of us, spilling out over from us, spilling over this town and flowing way beyond to the peninsula of this nation and across nations, just carrying the life of Jesus. Because as, as Jesus moves, as Jesus um, moves, he will touch people's lives, he will save people's lives, he will transform people's lives, he will heal people's lives, he will convert people, he will change people. It's, it's about the life of Jesus being released as he speaks, as he equips, as he empowers, as he releases, as he revives. It's a glorious vision of revival. But there is a cost. There's always a cost if you want to see God move, whether it's in your own individual life, whether it's in your school, whether it's in your work, whether it's with your friends. There's always a cost because I don't know if you've picked this up yet, but there's a war going on. Uh, There's a a spiritual war going on over your heads and and, and over your hearts. And listen to this, no genuine move of God will ever go unchallenged or uncontested by the enemy. No genuine move of God will ever go unchallenged or uncontested. And and so even for this campaign from, um, from care, I expect there to be kickback. I expect there to be some kind of, of reaction to it because Satan does not lie us to take any steps forward without challenging us and contesting us. I mean, let's ask Caleb, let's turn into your Bibles, will you, for a few minutes, just two people, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament that I want us to look at. So um, Tommy's going to turn on the lights for us, I think, so that you can see your Bibles. Um, so Numbers um, chapter 13 
So Caleb, so a, a wee picture of where we are. So um, here's uh, the, the people of Israel. They've left um, Egypt and uh, they're, they're um, moving up towards the promised land. They get to this place, Kadesh Barna. Um, it's desert, it's absolute desert. But so Moses sends in 12 spies to spy out the land to see uh, what kind of land they're going into. And, and, and two of these spies, you'll know by name perhaps, one's called Caleb, this guy. He's about 40 years of age at this stage. And the other's a guy called Joshua. And they go into the land, they, they, they move through this land from south to north, um, uh, and uh, they come back after um, 40 days. And so ch Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron uh, and the whole Israelite community, about a million and a half people at Kadesh in the, the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which he sent us and it flows with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. Their cities are fortified. They are very large. There are mountains of men. I used to play rugby. You wouldn't think it to look at me, would you? Um, I wasn't particularly good at it, but I absolutely loved it. But we used to, uh, so I come from Banbridge, uh, and uh, we used to play Banley Hench. Well, I don't know what to feed them down in Banley Hench, but they were giants. I mean, so we had this thing that the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Have you ever heard that? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. The problem is they only fell on top of us and killed us. <laughs> that was the problem. But, but uh, these men were big. These cities were strong. They were well fortified. This is an enemy that is not easy easy to crack. And we even saw the descendants of Anak. Anak is a giant. That, that's what he was. And, and here's the different people. The Amalekites live there in, in the negative. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the sea and along the Jordan. So just, you know, there's this kind of conglomeration of enemy standing against them, standing in their way. And then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men had gone up with him said, no, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread a bad report amongst the Israelites about the land that explored. They said, the land we explored defars those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anna, giants. And we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. We can't do it. We can't win. We can't change society. Society is just, you know, so against us. Look at everybody who's against us. Look in school how and stuff is. Look in your workplace and the attitudes of those in your work. We're never going to make any difference. We're never going to see breakthrough. And that night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. And all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly and said, if only we had died in Egypt or in this desert, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taking this plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a new leader and go back. You know, so often in the church, we want to go back rather than forward. 
instead of facing the enemy, instead of, of saying, we can do this, we can change this culture, we can change this society, we can change this town of Donegal, we can change this peninsula, we can see God move in a way that we've never seen before. The enemy is always saying to you, no, you can't. No, you can't. You're too small, you're too weak, you're too this, you're too that, you're too other. Go back, stay back, hang back. And verse 5, then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered. I don't know whether their hearts were broken. Do you know sometimes our hearts are broken as leaders? And Joshua, son of Nun, verse 6, and Caleb, son of Jephun, who were amongst those who explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Uh, do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, sometimes you hear all these voices standing against um, Christians. Sometimes you hear these voices, you know, um, warring against Christians, calling us this, calling us outdated, calling us the other. Look, look at verse um, 10. But the whole assembly talked about stoning Caleb uh, and Joshua. But then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. And God spoke. Look at verse 21, and this is what he said. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs and wonders I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No one who has ever treated me with contempt will ever see it. And here's verse 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went into. Do you know what we need? We need Christian women, Christian men who are different to other Christians, different spirits. And what makes Caleb a different man? Because he follows the Lord wholeheartedly. Not 75%, not 80 not 90 wholeheartedly. Jump over Jump over to um, Joshua. Just a few books on. Um, page 230. 45 um, years have gone by. This guy who was 40, uh, when we read that story, is now 85. Page 230. Joshua 14. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua Gilgal, and Caleb, um, the son of Jephun, Kenizzite, said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land with you. 
And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. Isn't that great when Christian folks have convictions? Convictions that they're willing to stand for. Well, convictions that they're willing to be made fun and over for. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people sink. Isn't that so sad? When you make the hearts of Christian people sink because you're not willing to take the risks. You're not willing to follow through. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land in which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly second time. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he's kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel went round and round in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. If I was 85 years, I'd say, Lord, could you give me the flat? Because I would really go like the flat land instead of the hill country. You yourself heard then that the Anakites, those giants were there, and their cities were large and fortified. But I, I can see the enemy. I can see in the strength. I can see the opposition. I can see how powerful it is, how strong it is, how well organized it is. I see all of that. But, but, I see something else. I see the Lord. I see the Lord who is greater than this. And the Lord help me. I will drive them out just as he said. And then Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jezreelite, ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel. How did he do it? Whole. Folks, if, if God's looking for anything in this generation, he's looking for people. It doesn't really matter whether you're 15. It doesn't matter if you're 40. It doesn't matter if you're 60. It doesn't matter if you're 85. What does matter is your heart. What really matters is your heart. If you have a different spirit, if you have a different heart, if you're saying to God, I am going to follow you wholeheartedly. I am going to give my heart and my soul to work this thing out and live this thing out and work it through in, in, in wherever I go this week in Donica Day. And with my whole heart, I will serve you. Jump over into uh, a guy called Philip uh, in the New Testament, just uh, one wee bit from him. Page 1101. Philip, Acts chapter 8. Another guy who just served the Lord. Chapter 7 is about the first Christian who dies uh, for standing up um, for Jesus. Do you know, people um, at work um, may laugh at you. People at school may make fun of you. But very few people have died in school because they're a Christian. Very few people have died at work because they're a Christian. Isn't that right? They may laugh at you, they may make fun of you, um, but very few die. And so um, Stephen has just died, chapter 7, verse um, 59. And while they were stoning him, 
um, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, isn't this lovely? He fell asleep. It wasn't that he fell asleep. What happened to him? He died. But for Christians, Dan is just like closing your eyes and falling asleep. It's not to be feared. It's never to be feared. I love my bed. Do you know one of the happiest points of my whole day? It's getting into bed at night. What a sad life I live, isn't that true? <laughs> and falling asleep. I love that wee moment just before you fall asleep. You think, I'm going to fall asleep for your happy day. <laughs> Chapter 8, and Saul was there. Saul was there, giving approval to his death. But God spoke into Saul's heart. And that heart that was hard towards Christians, that heart that was so angry with Christians, that heart that was so willing to see Christians um, uh, killed and stoned and, and put to death, Something happened in that heart because when he watched this guy die, I honestly think that the Holy Spirit spoke into his heart. But look at it. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. There it is on, on the um, PowerPoint. There they are down in Jerusalem the church is scattered, so we gather on a Sunday, we're gathered. Uh, when we leave here, we're scattered. And as they scattered, they went. They went here, there, they went everywhere. They went up north into Samaria. Samaria was a hostile place. And godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul, listen to this, began to destroy. The words ravage. It's like a beast that is ravaging. There's anger in his heart. And he is doing all that he can to destroy the church. And going from house to house, he dragged off men and women. It's very unusual for women to be dragged off and put in prison. That was very, very unusual. But such was the hatred in Saul's heart. Such was the antagonism that Satan put in, in his heart that he dragged off everybody he could find who's a follower of Jesus. And verse 4, and those who've been scattered preached the word shared the good news of Jesus wherever they went. Do you know, uh, look, uh, if I scattered you uh, uh, tonight and everywhere you go this week, you, you just talk about Jesus, you carry the presence of Jesus, you share the message of Jesus, like what an impact you could have in whoever's lives you touch this week. If you, as you are scattered, you, you just um, carry the presence of Jesus uh, and and just carry the message of Jesus. And, and as they went, as they were scattered, they preached the word. And Philip went down to a city in Samaria and, and preached Jesus there. And when the crowds heard um, Philip's message about Jesus and saw the miraculous signs and wonders that he did, they paid close attention to what he said. And with shrieks, evil spirits came out of many and many paralytics and cripples were healed, and there was great joy in that city because the risen, glorious Lord Jesus Christ visited that city of Samaria through a disciple called Philip. And as he shared Jesus, 
And as he prayed for people to be healed and saw Jesus healing, saving, changing, transforming, lives were changed, the city was changed. Folks, we need to have that sense that, 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 that this town of ours can be changed, this peninsula of ours can be transformed. We are the church of God. We carry the presence of Jesus. We carry Jesus with us wherever we're scattered this week. And wherever you go, Share this message of Jesus. Pray with whoever you get a chance to pray with. See what Jesus can do in you, with you, through you. Because our heart is for more. Our heart isn't for a conference. Our heart is for more of Jesus. Jesus, fill our hearts with more, with more of you. Thanks for listening to another one of our podcasts. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening with us. Our morning services are at 9.45 and 11am. Our evening service starts at 6.30. You can find more information on our website at www.shorestreet.org.